This is episode number 25 with YouTube influencer Evan Carmichael. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Greatness. My name is Joseph DiBernardo and each week I'll be bringing you an inspiring person or message to help you unleash your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get after it. Howes said, if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's that life won't give you what you want unless you go out and get it. And Arnold Schwarzenegger said, be hungry for success, hungry to leave your mark, hungry to be seen and to be heard and to have an effect. And as you move up and become successful, make sure you're also hungry to help others. In this week's episode with Evan Carmichael, we speak about how he became one of YouTube's top education uh, influences, why Evan quit on his business partner and how it influenced his entrepreneurial journey, how partnerships can help grow your business, how Evan approaches partnerships within his own business today, the process one should take to find their one word which can influence their life and their business, what challenges Evan faces the most, um, specifically with self-belief, how to overcome self-doubt, and how to unleash your inner greatness. Incredible episode, this one, guys. Make sure you listen to it right till the end because there's something that Evan says right uh, sort of towards the end that's really impactful. Um, if you love the episode, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. That would help really get the episode visible and out there and just really create some really positive energy around the show so we can help more people uh, believe in their inner greatness and their self-worth. And uh, share this with three friends, three or five friends. Um, it'd just be great to help us uh, get the the spirit of entrepreneurship and and creating and following your dreams out there on a bigger scale. So uh, make sure you tag me at Joseph DiBernardo on on social media. And without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with Evan Carmichael. Guys, welcome to this week's episode of Unleash Your Inner Greatness. And this week's episode is with one of the most inspiring YouTube content creators of our generation. Evan Carmichael is an entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, business coach, and YouTube influencer who at the age of 19 built and sold his first biotech software company. He then transitioned at the age of 22 into a venture capital role where he was helping to raise between half a million up to 15 million in capital for businesses wishing to grow and scale. He now runs evancarmichael.com, a popular website for entrepreneurs. He breathes and bleeds entrepreneurship. He's obsessed and wants to help 1 billion entrepreneurs and change the world in a positive way. He's passionate about his family, salsa dancing, DJing, and uh, Toronto Vibes. I'm really excited and honored to introduce you to the show, Evan. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Greatness. Thanks for the love, Joseph. Let's, let's unleash, let's go. Mate, I'm so pumped. Um, I just wanted to start and ground you in a great way and just ask what you're most grateful for in your life right now. So I'm very kind of present-minded focused. So I'm, I'm grateful for 
the opportunity to be here on this show. I'm grateful for the chance to connect with you, to, to hopefully share with your audience how to unleash their greatness and, and create some content today. I was thinking before, like, press record, I, I love the fact that you tend to manifest people in your life who have similar values or similar words. I know, like, you know, you, you've, you've written a book, your, your One Word, and, you know, the word believe is such a pertinent word in, in my life. Um, I just sort of want to go back to your story, I guess, from humble beginnings. I know you did start in uh, entrepreneurship from a very young age. I think like you made your first 10 cents when you were five years old or something incredible like that. Just I heard that in a recent interview. But I was just wondering, just a real quick synopsis, doesn't have to be your life story, but could you tell us just a, a, like a brief overview of sort of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, and, and we can go deeper on any part if you want to pull that thread. Um, yeah, my first five or 10 cents was five years old. I, I drew a picture with my sister and sold it to my neighbor. Um, so I guess I always had a little bit of that in me. Uh, I, I had baseball cards when I was 12, 13 years old. Baseball card was the thing. And here in Toronto, the Blue Jays, Toronto Blue Jays won the World Series in 92 and 93 when I was 12 and 13. So it was also baseball crazy here. Um, for my friends and everyone around me. So I started selling baseball cards, buying selling baseball cards. I would, I would get the Beckett magazine and every month and see where the prices were at and, um, you know, go to garage sales and go to different baseball card shows. And that's where I really learned the starting of my entrepreneurial chops. I didn't, I wouldn't have said that when I was 12 or 13, but I'm sitting there negotiating with 40 and 50 year olds over a Frank Thomas rookie card. And, uh, you know, if they gave me, a dollar coin that had gum on it or something or dirt on it. Like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take that coin and, and scrub out the gum and scrub out the dirt. It's still a dollar. Um, and so that got me started and, and I made some money. I never made like tons of money doing it, but that got the entrepreneurial vibe going for me. Um, in university, I had a chance to, to hard decision in my life, either join a startup company, take 30% of it, make 300 bucks a month, or go take the six-figure dream job that I thought I wanted in investment banking. And uh, I wish I could say I knew, I knew, Joseph, that it was all going to work out. Uh, it was the hardest decision in my life because I didn't know what to do. And I really just made it through the lens of I don't want to regret uh, making the wrong choice. And so I thought, you know what, I can always go get another job. It may not be the same job. It may not be as much money. It may not be as much travel. But I could get another job in the field. I didn't know if I would ever get this chance again to be an entrepreneur. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'd rather know and fail than not know. And so I did it. And, um, and we failed a lot. <laughs> and I quit on my partner. Uh, that was wow. the worst day of my life. But then, um, you know, we eventually, we stuck it through. We made it. We can go into that store if you want. Um, and then we sold the business. And then I struggled with what to do next. And I'm a big believer that your purpose comes from your pain, that whatever you struggle the most with as a human is the thing you want to help other people through. Uh, it just feels great to be able to give back. And that's where your, your soul and your purpose will come from. And so I struggled so much as an entrepreneur. I want to make the path a little bit easier for other entrepreneurs. So that started my website that became my YouTube channel, but then books and speaking and um, all sorts of other things. And I get to be here with Joseph sharing the story. So this is great. 
Mate, that's such a powerful comment. Your your pain becomes your power. You know, it's your catalyst for in, in, ending up um, stepping into what you want to do. And I, I've I've listened to some of your you know your interviews with other podcasters, other YouTubers, and I love how you refer to the wannabe preneur. You know, the person okay. who w- wants to be. And I think we've all been there. Um, I do want to go back to one of one of your top videos is with Steve Jobs, like on your channel. Um, and you mentioned that you, you quit on the, on your partner and you said that, you know, maybe perhaps we can go into that a little bit more. I was wondering if we can go into that a bit more, cause maybe the listeners can get some lessons from that. Sure. What's the connection to Steve jobs for you though? Cause, uh, well, he was booted out of the company. Um, okay. so not that he quit, but obviously he had the same challenge in the sense that, you know, maybe people didn't believe in him. And I don't know whether that resonates with your story, but I was just thinking, you know, what was the, what was the rationale behind, you know, perhaps you, you, you walking out or you leaving there and how did that influence sort of where you are today? Yeah. And I think that the biggest problem that I had was I had no mentors. I had no coaches. I had nobody I was looking up to and you know, I knew of Steve Jobs, but I didn't, I didn't know his story at all. And I think that, that made it really difficult. I was trying to come up with all the ideas myself and, and nothing was working. And so that really started to took a toll on me emotionally because all these ideas that I was coming up with weren't working. That means I'm not working. That means I suck in my head. This is the inner conversation where I think the more people surround themselves with people like Steve jobs or, or shows like yours or YouTube channels like mine or books or that kind of thing. You realize that, Oh, people constantly fail on their path to success and you can model what has worked for other people and and apply that into your life. This is now my default mode of operating. But at the beginning I had no idea. And so I just felt like a total loser. Um, I quit on my business partners because I just felt like I wasn't valuable. Um, nothing was working. I'm making no money. I mean, 300 bucks a month. Um, I'm eating the same bean salad lunch every day because it would fill me up and it was super cheap. Uh, you know, stories like whenever we, we landed a deal, we'd go to McDonald's and we'd just get the French fries and we'd share the French fries between the three of us because we couldn't afford to get, you know, the full Big Mac meal or whatever. Um, yeah, those are rough days, man. And, and my friends would ask me to go out to parties and all this stuff. And I said, no, because I couldn't afford it. Cause that 25 bucks for pizza and beer was too much where I, I told them I'm, I'm hustling. I'm living the entrepreneur life. I'm, you know, I got to go grind, but really I wish I could have gone with them. I just couldn't afford to do it. And so I had to be super conscious of where I was spending my money. Um, so I made it even harder on myself. I didn't let people in. I didn't tell people I was struggling. I didn't tell anybody I was suffering. Um, and just day after day after day after day of the same thing and no results. At some point it takes, it, it just took too much of a toll on me. And I told my partner that I quit. I can't do this. I have to feel not, not that the idea was bad. Not that, that he was bad. Um, not that I was fired. I just felt like I have no value as a human being. I feel worthless and I need to, I need to do something that I feel like can work. <laughs> you know, like I'm at the end of my rope here, man. Um, and then I, I just woke up the next day and I said, I, I, I think I'll still regret it if I don't do this. If, like if I don't keep going a little bit longer, I might be 95 and look back and regret this moment of quitting. But um, 
I can't, I can't keep doing it the way that I've done it. Like the way that I've done it has not worked out quite obviously. This is not happening. So I need to find a different way to, to do this. Um, Oprah calls it a, you have to find a different way to stand. Um, and that's where I just came. I just, you know, just spur of the moment came up with the idea of, well, somebody's done this before and it would have been Bill Gates. So how did he do it? And that started my path of modern success and started to actually have some success in my own company. It's awesome. And, uh, and like your, your journey to um, look at uh, Bill Gates' story about how, how he operated his company, I think the one, one of the main things that you said was that one thing that helped him was partnerships. Yeah, so the big thing with Bill Gates and Microsoft, uh, their company blew up when every IBM ship had Microsoft software on it. And IBM at the time was the number one computer maker in the world. I don't think they even sell computers anymore, but IBM owned the computer market in the world. And every IBM computer had Microsoft software on it. That was a huge deal for Microsoft. But they were already a $7 million company when they made that deal with, with IBM. And that's not a lot of money compared to Microsoft where they are right now, but it was still 7 million more than what I had Joseph, you know, I had nothing. So seven million, like, well, great. But how did they get to the seven million? <laughs> because that's what I need to figure out. Even one, like, how did you get to one? That's what I want to figure out. Yeah. Uh, and so I went earlier into their story and it's the same thing. Partnerships, just smaller partnerships, just finding other smaller deals that they could make with hardware manufacturers. So people who are making their own little computers and they needed software. And so Microsoft became the software provider for them. And that's how they started building their business up to the point where they had a couple million coming in. Then they make that deal with my, uh, IBM and their whole thing blows up. So I started thinking, okay, partnerships, who do we, who do we partner with? You know, how can I land a deal to partner with somebody? And I started looking at who else was selling. So it was biotech software. So who else was selling software or selling any kind of products to our clients? Who else was doing that anywhere in the world? And my, I was like, I, I'm just going to try anything, man. This may not even work. I, have, I don't expect it to work. Just anything. <laughs> we were desperate. And um, there was a company in the UK that said, hey, yeah, we're, we're interested. We sell other kind of stuff and we've been looking at software. And I, I, I made a deal with them, $13,500. They paid up front to um, sell our software in the UK. And I remember just sending that email out and being a little nervous that I was asking, I was asking for $13,500, which seemed like the biggest deal of all time because I'm making no money. And they're like, do I send it? Do I, do I, do I lower the price? Do I make it easier? What if they say no? And um, said, whatever, send. And then they wrote back to say, okay, deal. Like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. Um, yeah. And then that gave me hope to go off and do another deal and another deal and another deal. Uh, so, in the modeling of success, you can't take exactly what worked for them. Uh, you know, Bill Gates worked with hardware manufacturers. That wasn't who I was. There was no hardware for biotech software, right? So I couldn't partner with a hardware manufacturer. But modeling success gets you 80% of the way. You just have to figure out that final 20% to figure out, okay, how do I customize that idea for my business or for my life? Where if you're trying to come up with everything, all on your own, you have to do all the heavy lifting without realizing, oh, like there's people who've done this before. The, the old adage of success leaves clues that you then take it and you apply it, but you still have to do that final 20% uh, 
of adapting it because it's not you're putting on somebody else's hat it's not going to quite fit so you have to make the tweaks and adjustments so that it fits you perfectly Awesome. And in terms of contextualizing it to where you are today, mate, how would, how would you define your approach to partnerships based on, you know, your entrepreneurial journey right now? Who are you seeking out? Um, for me, a lot of it is the people who've um, helped me on my journey without even knowing I've now try to help them with their, with their presence and branding in a social media YouTube environment, right? So uh, helping Tony Robbins, helping Jay Abraham, helping, um, I'm, like I've got a book in my cabinet here of, of notes that I took from Jay Abraham and Tony Robbins. When I was now starting the learning process, when I realized, oh, I come out of success, I, I discovered books and programs by these guys and, and consumed them and started to apply their lessons. And now, 20 years later, I'm helping them with their content, with their YouTube, with their messaging, getting it out there. Um, and it's an awesome, is, I, don't, I guess it's not paid it forward, it's pay it back maybe, pay it back for all the, all the help and lessons and advice that it gave me. Um, and then I love forming other, like even this, this is, a, this is a partnership, right? You reached out and said, hey, you wanna be in my show? Like, yeah, let's do it. And Hopefully I bring some value to your audience. They get to learn about me. Hopefully you get a, a you know, new guest for your show that then you can leverage my name and get other people as well onto your show. Um, anybody who's trying to do work to help entrepreneurs believe themselves more, you know, I want to know who they are and I want to try to support them if I can. Wow. Awesome. Thank you, mate. That's really powerful. Um, your, your book, um, your one word, um, you know, your one word is believe. Um, I was just wondering, I'm really curious to know, is there a process that someone goes through to ultimately find the one word? And then I know you said that it's critical to then implement that and uh, sort of maybe wrap your brand around that one word and everything that you do encapsulates that one word. I was just wondering whether, you know, tell us a little bit about your passion project, which is your book, you know, your one word and you've got built to serve. Just tell the listeners a little bit about what they can expect through it and maybe the process to get the one word. So the one word exercise is I think one of the most important things you can ever do as a human. Uh, you have a single most important core value. And when you figure out what that is, it allows you to design a life and for the entrepreneurs out there, design a business as well with a lot more intent. If you feel like you're constantly being pulled in a million different directions, everybody has an agenda for your time. The people around you want you to do this and they want you to do that. They want you to, you don't know what to do and you're being pulled everywhere. Well, it's because you don't know what you stand for. And when you figure out your most important core value, it makes it a lot easier to make decisions moving forward. So you're, in your one word, I walked through the process of, of figuring it out. And Built to Serve is actually in there as well because it's so foundational to building a successful business, but a happy life, a fulfilled life. Um, so things like who was your favorite teacher growing up and why, you know, we've had hundreds of teachers that have taught us. Why did Mrs. Jones from grade seven stand out? It's not because she taught you math. You know, there was something about her that made you feel better about yourself. She made you a better human somehow, right? What did you love about your parents and why? What's your favorite movie of all time and why? And if you think about all the things that have made you come alive and excited, and then you write down three words for each one, you'll notice that there's a common thread between Mrs. Jones and your favorite movie and who, what you loved about your parents and all these things. And, and that's your most important core value. That's what you value most as a human. 
And now what you can do is when you figure that out is plan a life with intent moving forward as opposed to randomly hoping that these people come into your life. You can now seek them out. You can now build a team. You can now get customers who appreciate you for those things as opposed to constantly um, fighting over it. Fantastic. So, you know, write down um, the answers to some of those critical, uh, you know, questions like who was your favorite teacher or, you know, what did you, what did you love about your parents? And then write down, you know, um, the, the attributes and then there's a common theme. Of, did I hear you right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All the things that made you come alive. So like teacher's a great one. Um, who's your favorite, what your favorite movie is and why is a great one. Again, what you loved about your parents and why is a great one. Um, who's your favorite mentor, even from afar? Like if you love Steve Jobs, well, why? Like I've got Steve Jobs up on my wall here and there's certain things I like about him and there's certain things that I don't. What are the things that you like about these people and why? And just be descriptive, get them into words, like three words for each one. And if you have five of those questions and now you have 15 words, three times five, and then you see what, what's coming up consistently over and over and over again. That's what you want more of in your life. And so it's what you need to constantly remind yourself of too, that that's the next level of your success. Did you, did you figure out what yours was, Joseph? Yeah. So, well, like I think inspiration comes up a lot for me. Um, I resonate with the word greatness and self-belief. Um, I think it just comes back down to your point of like your biggest pain. You then want to inspire other people. Not, I suppose that they may experience that pain, but just help them through that like yeah and so like if inspiration is your and let's just run with that for example if inspiration is just this one word great um now you can bring that to all of your branding you can bring that to all of your shows you when you're bringing your guests on they better have an inspiring story to share if you're uh if you're bringing on a team member who's going to now help you edit these videos for youtube they better also believe in inspiration not just have the technical skills to turn this into a video and put lower thirds and music on, but to actually, they care about the mission of what you're trying to do, right? They care about inspiring others as well. Cause then you get their heart and soul and not just their, their head, right? Their wow. Talents. That's powerful, um, mate. That's yeah. a really powerful point. That point in itself could really transform a, a team, the longevity of um, staff retention, you know, everything. It's really powerful, Evan. You, you can you make a job ad that says, I'm looking for a video editor who wants to inspire the world or inspire entrepreneurs or inspire, you know, X. And then you lead with the mission of what you are trying to do. And some people will look at that and say, this is the stupidest job ad I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and you say, great, like don't apply because we're not going to work well together. Yeah. And other people will see that and say, wow, this is crazy. Who is this guy? I want to work there because I have the same idea, but I don't have the ability to be on camera and interview people. And I just want to edit. Right. And so you attract the people to you where most job placement, most job ads suck. Most job ads are like need a video editor with eight years experience and has knows how to do these. Right. Um, so this is where you can really stand out. Uh, and then it's still, the, you know, the next level of growth is still on the other side of that word. So, as much as people see you as the inspiration guy, your next level of growth is still on the other side of more inspiration. You need more inspiration. You need next level inspiration. My biggest challenge is still belief. I need more belief. 
I'm the yeah. belief guy, but my next growth is on the other side of me believing in my next step even more. Yeah. And so whatever you found as your core value, it serves you for life as this is the next step. If you're ever, if you're ever feeling unhappy or unsatisfied or not fulfilled or things are slow or sluggish, it's because you're not inspired. Wow. You need, you need more inspiration. And what challenges you the most about the, the belief, the word believe at the moment? Like what's your biggest challenge with self-belief? Is there any facet of your life that is challenging you more than another at the moment? So for me, as soon as I can label it, then I attack it. So there's nothing that I'm sitting on like, well, you know, the problem, Joseph, is this. The, the problem is I don't know what the problem is. The problem okay. is I have, it's a blind spot. Like, why am I not here? Well, I don't know. I don't know how to get there. I don't know what the, what the, the roadblock, the mind block is. Um, but I like to challenge myself to do difficult things. Uh, my biggest fear is disappointing people. My biggest fear is that I would show up and let somebody down, that I would show up on your show and, and suck and not have good answers. And um, you would leave saying, man, that, never get that Carmichael guy on again. Like, that's my biggest fear. And that manifests in a lot of different ways because everything that, um, everything that you do, if you're trying to serve and help others, relies on others. And if you're afraid of disappointing people, then you, never, you don't take action. And so it's trying, to, it's trying to catch those things to say, am I saying no or am I, not, am I not taking this opportunity because I'm just afraid or because this opportunity actually doesn't serve me? And usually we will find really smart reasons to convince ourselves not to do things, but really we're just afraid. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch those as much as possible. Good man. And compliments because, you know, um, getting you, inviting you to the show and, and seeing the overall customer journey that I went through, even through your, your own organization, like there was ex exceptional content sent to me in the email trails, you know, about what to expect in an interview with you. And it was just, it was, it was an unreal experience. So, um, mate, well done. Um, cool. I just wanted to flow on from that in terms of uh, like, uh, in, in one of your videos, Steve Jobs said everything around you that you call life was made up by people no smarter than you. You can change it. You can influence it and you can make things that can change the world. Now I think self doubt holds a lot of people back. Um, I was just wondering what's your advice around, you know, if, if someone is a, you know, entrepreneur or someone does want to step into entrepreneurship, but they've got self-doubt about themselves. Where do they go? Like, what's your advice for it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I know we're kind of bumping up against the clock. Um, but I would say your self-belief, your self-love, your self-respect, your self-confidence comes from doing difficult things and from you keeping the commitments to yourself. So when you say you're going to do something, I, I default to thinking my goals don't count until they're hard. When I say I'm going to do something, it doesn't count until it's hard. And it's in those moments of when it's hard, what do you do? When it's hard, do you move forward and say, I'm going to keep going and, and do it? Or do I give myself a break? Like it's moving that break line forward of where you give yourself a break. What do you let yourself off the hook for? That if you say you're going to do something, you have to go off and do it because you said you said you were going to do it period. Um, a lot of times we set these ambitious goals for ourselves, say, we're going to do this thing. And then tomorrow you look at it and say, I can't do that thing. And then, and then guess what? You don't do that thing. And it's not about what your fans on Instagram are saying about you or uh, the people who 
who look up to you and say all the great things you've done. It's, this is an inside game. Uh, you have to love what you see in the mirror. And that comes from you staying steady on the things that you said you were going to do. So somebody's lacking self-belief. It's because you've shown yourself over and over and over again that you don't follow through on what you said you were going to do. So now you don't believe yourself. You say, I'm going to do this. I get, you get all excited, motivated. I'm going to do this. But then you don't do it because that's all you've done your whole life has proved to yourself that you can't do it. So you start smaller. You find some small goal and you say, I'm going to whatever, whether it's wake up at a certain time, whether it's hit the gym every day, whether it's make a call every day, whether it's make a video every day. I'm going to do this every day. And then you, you have to follow through and do it. Powerfully to, and you start training yourself that you follow through in the things you say. Yep. And it becomes a compound effect. So it just goes back to that principle of the four agreements as well. I'm not sure if you've read that book, but it's a pretty powerful book. Um, I, I've got a few rapid fire questions. I know we've got a really short period of time for this first interview, but it'd be awesome to get you back on the show at, at a future date. What, what episode number is this? Uh, we're up to 25. So you'll be 25. Okay, so episode 250, I'm back. Mate, it'd be awesome. And I'm going to get you back on for an hour because I've got so much uh, that I'd love to run through. But I'm going to value time. So I've got three rapid-fire questions and then a final question. I got to go in like one minute. So why don't we skip to the final question? Let's go to the final one. Um, so I guess for this final question, it's this. Evan, if today was the end of your time, your last day, and I gave you a piece of paper and a pen, and you only had one thing that you could write down to inspire future generations to believe in their inner greatness, what's the one thing that you would write down on that piece of paper? Um, I would put basically the message my, my parents gave to me, you know, you can do anything you believe you can. If I'm talking to one person, like if I'm talking to my son, I'd say, you're Hayden Carmichael, you can do anything you believe you can. If I'm talking to the world, then I would just leave out the name and say, you could do anything you believe you can. Amazing. I think it's the world's biggest problem. You can do anything you believe you can. Evan Carmichael, I appreciate you. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Is there any last words that you've got for the listeners? Um, any, anything that we can sort of do to serve you? Over to you. I think that, I think that last question was it listeners. You can do anything you believe that you can now get to work. Let's go. Awesome. Evan, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you, Joseph. Talk soon. We'll 250. Talk soon. Thanks, <laughs> okay. mate. Ciao. Ciao. Guys, there you have it. What an unbelievable episode with Evan Carmichael. Um, he really does epitomize belief, self-belief. So make sure you check out, all his stuff on YouTube, Evan Carmichael, and uh, tag Evan. If you listen to the interview, take a screenshot of this and tag him on Instagram uh, or on Twitter, and I'm sure he'd really appreciate seeing your love. Uh, without further ado, guys, I want to wish you an amazing week. Keep writing down your goals. Keep your vision in front of you, um, and make sure that you strive towards your greatness. Uh, have a great week and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and unleash your inner greatness.